Spotlight with Sarah Hendy. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Faster Mai, it's lovely to have you along. On the programme this evening, we'll be speaking to the one and only Blue John about two big nights of music over the next couple of weekends. And we'll have artist Rachel Clegg on the line from Yorkshire. She's working on another great project inspired by the TT races. Now, I promise I'm not going to say the C word, but it does feel like things are picking up and more and more events are popping up now that we're into autumn. So if there is anything that you think we should be talking about or anyone we should be talking to, give me a shout on spotlight at manxradio.com. It'd be lovely to hear from you. And if you can't hang around for the whole show this evening, don't worry, you can head to the Manx Radio website. Just click on podcasts and you'll find this evening's programme as a free podcast, which you can download or stream at your leisure. First this evening, we have Blue John with us in the studio. He's here to tell us about two big nights of music over the next couple of weeks. And really, the Isle of Man is an exciting place to be as a performer because of the freedom we have here. But John, these concerts were actually planned for the springtime, weren't they? Yeah, we had to postpone. It wasn't long after we announced it that we had to postpone it. So, um, But it's it's amazing that we're in this position where, fingers crossed, you know, everything's going well and... Uh, we'll be able to stage both these concerts. Because over the water and around the world, people having to be so creative, coming up with ways to get people in the same venue and, you know, it's all having to be outdoors and socially distanced and everything. It must be a really nice feeling not to have to worry about any of that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, There's real problems, obviously, in the UK and in the States uh, in trying to bring live music back. And, yeah, I just feel so unbelievably fortunate that we can do this because to me live music it, well it's everything to me so the fact that we've got it back in this uh, in this way is brilliant it's a lovely lineup of local talent which is another thing i think the new situation that we find ourselves in it's giving us so many more opportunities to really appreciate what we have at home well definitely uh, the isle of man is just full of brilliant musicians and if you're not a brilliant musician you're probably a brilliant sports person uh, or radio presenter I should throw that in I should throw that in but it is is true I mean uh, people are really passionate about what they do in the Isle of Man and uh, you know putting a bill together like this it was more of a case of who do I not invite because there were you know I, I basically invited some of my closest friends who I also greatly admire as performers and I thought together with the variety we've got um, and the different experience we have, it'll make a really entertaining show for people. Mm-hmm. Because although there are there are definitely strands that connect you all as musicians in terms of style and um, and the, yeah the kind of music that you play, um, everyone brings something really quite different to the table. Tell us a little bit about the musicians. Well, first of all, we've got a really good friend of mine, Babs Killier, who runs Ramsey Folk Club. Uh, Babs is a fantastic guitar player and singer, and uh, I mean, she can really do anything. I mean, she plays folk songs with real conviction and you could almost sort of have you cry in listening to these folk songs. And then the next minute she'll do a comedy song and and we'll have everyone just in stitches. She's just such a very uh, accomplished performer. So I'm really delighted uh, she agreed to do these concerts. Uh, then we've got um, uh, Peter Corkill, 
I've known Peter for some years, and I guess Peter's style is very, it's very easy listening. Um, he's not going to be playing any punk songs or anything like that, but he, he, he puts things across so well. It's very gentle approach to both singing and playing the guitar. Um, so I'm really, again, glad to be on the bill with him because I've seen him countless times and I, the evening just passes by in a, in, a, in a blur when he's performing. Uh, likewise, the same with my very good friend, um, Adrian Cowan. And Adrian is, uh, I always say to Adrian, and I'll probably embarrass him by saying this on the radio, but it's true, he is probably my favourite singer in the Isle of Man. Um, he is a great, great singer. And his speciality, I would say, is um, performing songs by uh, singer-songwriters and also bands like Crowded House and In Excess. Um, it's an Australian thing. I don't know where the Australian thing comes in, but he's absolutely superb at doing those songs. Really, really authentic. Uh, and then we've also got on the bill Chris Killier, who's no relation to Babs. And Chris's strength is that his repertoire is vast. So he might play a Hank Williams number from you know, the 1930s or 40s or something like that. Then he might play something by Weezer. You know, he, he will play anything and it all ends up sounding like Chris and, and he's very, very good at that. Uh, and then lastly, I think we've got through nearly everybody. There's myself, but also my friend Steve Bentham, who's, Steve's going to be on at the Laxey concert. He won't be on at the Port Erin concert. Steve is a Delta blues guitar player. And his set will be totally different to everybody else's because he'll be using a resonator guitar, which is like the with the, the metal cone in the middle rather than a normal acoustic. And he plays with a slide on his finger. Uh, so he gets that. So his set will be very, very different. And the, the sort of tone and the, and the era, I guess, is again from the 1920s, 1930s. And then lastly, there's myself. Um, and I do uh, predominantly finger picking. And again, mainly bl uh, blues and folk songs, but uh, lots of them are sing-along songs as well. And I do find that particularly the, the slightly older members of the audiences do know these songs quite well because they were played on the radio back in the 50s and things like that. So I'm often surprised when people start singing along, but people often say to me, oh yeah, we, we knew that song growing up and we had that on record, so... Me down a pallet on your floor. Oh, make me down a pallet on your floor. Oh, it's so lovely. The variety um, is immense, and I'm I'm curious about how lockdown was for you as a performer because um, to have a love of music is one thing, to play is another. To play in front of an audience again is a whole different kettle of fish. Well, definitely. There's, there's nothing that can compare to being in front of an audience. You, you never know really until the night how something's going to go or what the atmosphere is going to be like. And one of the things I think I'll remember for the rest of my life was the first concert I did after lockdown, because as soon as we were allowed to perform again, I booked a concert. Um, and that was also at the Institute. And that was on June tw back in June 26th. And I actually, by the end of the night, I felt quite overwhelmed by it, that we could do this again. And I've got lots of uh, friends who are musicians, particularly in the States, people I've met over the years and in close contact with. And, you know, they're doing the, the uh, live streaming has become the new norm, if you like. And they've not had this feeling that I've had yet of being in front of people. And that 
concert. I, I, I still can't believe we've done it. And I can't, in a way, I can't believe we're doing these next two um, because of how lucky we are. And I'm very grateful, really grateful um, to, you know, to the government and the way they've handled things. And also for people coming back out and supporting live music. A lot of the people I've spoken to, a lot of the creatives I've spoken to, um, found that their creative outlet, their art form, their passion was what took the edge off lockdown for them. Do you relate to that? Absolutely. Um, playing the guitar for me is um, vital. I mean, after my family, then that's it's the everything to me. It's it. It's not. I mean, I do it as a as a job because I'm a guitar teacher, uh, and I do it as a as a performer, and I do tours and things like that. So. I didn't. I know some people who actually stopped playing guitar during lockdown because they were so affected by what was going on, and I can completely see why that would happen because it was very disorientating for people. We had we didn't know when it was going to end and, and things like that. But for me, it was just like keep playing the guitar. You know, nothing. It would take wild horses. I mean, wild horses wouldn't have a chance against stopping me from playing the guitar. That's a lovely sentiment. Um, just remind us uh, the the dates for these concerts because there are two of them. Uh, just remind us where we can get our tickets as well. So we've got the Laxey Institute on Saturday, October the 10th. And for tickets for that are all online or from myself. So the website address for tickets online is etickets.im forward slash bjm and the bjm stands for blue john media which is my music promotions company you could also just give me a call on 204-320 or email me at bluejohnmedia at hotmail.co.uk on the 14th of november um we will be playing at the erin arts center and again there is some tickets online but it's a limited number of tickets available online the bulk of the tickets are being sold by the erin arts center so give them a call on the box office uh and um you 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 can ring up and reserve tickets through them And now on the line from her home in Yorkshire is Rachel Clegg. She's an art director, an artist and a journalist who's endlessly inspired by information which she can translate into visuals. You'll no doubt have seen her work around the island before, especially during the races, since her family is somewhat of a TT racing dynasty. So it's no surprise that the Isle of Man TT informs a great amount of her work but it's not as easy in times like these when you you can't visit the island so Rachel I have to ask creatively how has lockdown been for you because we're kind of living in a different world really at the moment aren't we yeah it's it's really difficult in terms of um trying to make things work because usually well I I would I do loads of uh, like live events obviously the, the TT and that I was planning a big exhibition this year um, in a big marquee with bikes and everything and artwork. And then other events, like there's one in the south of France that I do, there's one in Switzerland, and everything's just been wiped away. So it's been really tough sort of negotiating that. But on the other hand, it's been really good in terms of online sales. I think particularly at the start of lockdown, I think people were sort of sat at home thinking, oh, hang on a minute, 
I've always fancied that picture and now's the time I'm staring at the wall every day for weeks on end and make the purchase. So I did have a few um, people come through who I don't think would ordinarily come to the site because of lockdown. So that was really good. So it's kind of swings around about. But now, as it's continued, I think we all thought that it would be coming to an end by now. And as it's continued, it's starting to get more problematic. Um, I was supposed to go to Le Mans this weekend to have a meeting about doing a like a Le Mans series, but um, obviously lockdown has got restrictions on that. So that is going to happen, but it's a case of when and navigating these new restrictions and quarantining. And so it's hard to practically get work done in terms of photo shoots, and it's hard to practically sell things. But which I'm just having to push the digital side and and get stuck in and just do some painting in my studio. <laughs> You're actually the first person who I've spoken to since we came out of lockdown who has had, you know, the majority... I know you work across industries, but so much of your work has disappeared. Like a lot of the people yeah. who I've been speaking to have a studio or paint in their bedroom or their front room or whatever and are able to... have been able to carry on and have actually found the time quite a quite a sort of healing sort of um time to process time to tackle that project they've always wanted to do um but because i suppose because you work with so many different people as well it's um it's a completely different kettle of fish for you um so it's really interesting to get your perspective on that um and you as i said you work across industries what's piquing your interest at the moment is there anything about this experience that has appealed to you as a as a, a project or a, an experience that you want to kind of lock into yeah not necessarily related to coronavirus but it's been really good the one thing it's been really good at is focusing my mind because I've got a really peripatetic brain that's just one minute doing this next minute I'm writing an article about prostitutes in Hull next minute I'm like, like genuinely that's what I've been doing last week and uh, and so it's been really good in terms of trying to calm that sort of random doing one thing then another. It's calmed that a bit and actually made me knuckle down. So one thing I've been working on in my head for about four years was a, a book about the history of the TT. But with uh, so it's an, an art book with a, a significant historic component. So because of lockdown, uh, the Manx archives uh, sort of opened up access. So because of that, I sort of really knuckled down and started that. And that's all now happening as opposed to it being something that was like in the clouds. So now I think lockdown has made me think, right, Rachel, right, really, really knuckled down. And OK, I've got my bread. I've got to carry on. Uh, I enjoy writing anyway, but I do have my bread and butter as a journalist. But it has made me use my time a lot more constructively because I think it's just I've had the time to stop and think and make a plan. And you said about um, getting your paints out as well. How's that yeah. been for you? Good. Like, and, and again, it's that time because I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm quite a socialite. I love going out. So, because I'm not able to like go and dance all night on a Saturday and be a bit rough on Sunday. I've sort of had to think, right, okay, uh, you know, I'm going to throw myself into painting as well as like, in, instead of going out and seeing people and stuff. So it's been really good. And um I've sort of just done a, not a competition, but thrown it out to some of uh, my customers, you know, choosing the favourite sound around the Isle of Man. 
And that's been really good. I've had really good responses. So I'm going to start that one next week. So what you've been doing in this series is is essentially painting the sound waves of um, of a, a, a particular motorbike or, um, I don't know, it could be anything really, couldn't it? It could be this yeah, conversation, it could, it could yeah. be birdsong. Um, are, you, are you able to tell us what sound your, your supporters selected? The most popular one, which uh, was the Mike Halewood on the Honda 6, um, so that was that has been I would say that's overall winner, um, and then I've had uh, Bill Ivy. Uh, there's been some G50s, but G, but the Honda Six is by far the most popular, and I think because it is such an amazing sound, like it it does make such a scream, and and it's really interesting watching listening to the sound wave over the island. Um, and you can see how when it hits bumps over, for example, Crosby, you can see it just jerking up and down the sound wave. So you can kind of track the TC course through the actual sounds, uh, through looking at the sound wave, which is really interesting. Yeah, it could be a whole yeah. series on its own. That's a journey, yeah, isn't exactly. it? Like... Yeah, you, you can kind of chart the course. You can kind of tell where the where they're changing gear and, and, and where it's undulating. And yeah, it's really interesting. Again, very geeky, but it is quite interesting looking at the sound waves. What kind of a sound does the Honda 6 make? Is it is it one of those sort of high-pitched screams or is it like the yeah. deep rumble? Is it is it one of the high it's ones? Really, it's so loud. Um, when they first uh, fired it up at Monza um, in the mid-60s, it was a big secret. So Honda sort of half-smuggled the bike over there in different parts and they didn't because they didn't want anybody to get wind of this crazy six-cylinder machine they were launching so it was all kept literally under wraps i think it was actually under something that covered it up anyway when they sort of revealed it in the paddock at monza they they fired it up and the crowds just came flocking around the machine because it's like a really loud scream like the loudest scream you can imagine to the point where it's quite painful if you if you stood next to it so um yeah it's like a it's really high pitched and shrill so probably a sound that's nicer to look at than to listen to maybe (laughs) i think after about two seconds you'd be like oh my god yeah where are my earplugs but my my favorite sound is the ajs7r oh that's amazing it's like a purr it's like a really deep cat like cat sound like amazing yeah so I won't, but sorry, I won't go into that because then I could be just making noises on the radio. <laughs> fine, fine. I'm, not, I'm not sure people would appreciate that. Oh, no, we're open to everything here on Spotlight. You're fine. <laughs> you know, it's all right for you lot. You can go to the pub normally when we have to make our own fun. Yeah. yeah. Make noises. Yeah, lockdown stay crazy. We, yeah, yeah. we empathise. We get you. Um, and do you think, like, is this is this a series you're hoping to continue? Because you've got this sort of um, popular vote image, but there's just so much potential. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, another um, one I've been trying to research is um, car sounds, like classic cars. So part of my research with Le Mans, I'm sort of looking into the history of Le Mans, and that's quite interesting. So I'm sort of at the minute looking at sounds from sort of mid-60s cars, but I'm not really from a car background, so I need to do a little homework on that, but definitely going to try some um, car sounds as well and see how they translate uh, I've done ones of uh, the guy who broke a record at the Nürburgring, Stefan Belloff. He had a Porsche 256, and I've, I've translated that, but you need a really clean recording of the sound, and I didn't have a great recording, so it was hard to work with. 
it's probably like your job. You sort of need that clarity to be able to make sense of the material. Really exciting. And when you when you sit down to turn these sound waves into a painting, what's your process? Um, amazingly, although I'm a technophobe and really rubbish with technology, I've found a way of um, I've found a way of taking the sound and turning it into like a, a graphic. So, and then I uh, scale up that. It's quite a graphical process. Graphical? Graphic process. And then I scale up that sound wave and translate that to the canvas and try and get it as accurate as I can. And then, um, and then work on the actual canvas surface. So building up the layers and, and du- I, I try and uh, duplicate it as well. So it's in stereo just because it works better visually having two. It kind of works with the shape of the canvas. So yeah, it's very, it's actually quite a technical process, but the fun bit is the painting um, and just trying to turn it into uh, something that's nice to look at as well as uh, providing information. What inspires your colour choices? They're always the colour, they are the, the colour of the livery of the machine. So the Hondas are always that beautiful orangey red, deep, deep red of the mid-60s machines, for example. I did Peter Hickman's record sound, so I based that on the Smith's livery, which is like a, a very rich dark blue and red. And uh, Peter's have been really kind, Peter Hickman, at supporting me and stuff like this and giving me facts and figures. So, yeah, and then the Dunlop, I did Dunlop's record as well, Michael Dunlop's. And, again, he that was when he was on the Suzuki. And, that again, that was very sort of very dark blue. So I always go off the top the bike colours but at the same time trying to make them more painterly and not because paint for motorcycles isn't necessarily the kind of thing you want to see on your wall so it's like again it's translating that loosely but paying homage to it at the same time wonderful it's like i mean they look fantastic and it's such an interesting project and like i love that there's so much information held in each image um and I, yeah, I can't wait to see what you do next. And we're yeah, I'm sure everyone will be really looking forward to seeing oh, how the Honda you. Six picture comes uh, comes yeah, along. Yeah, no, I better get cracking on that actually. <laughs> like, I was supposed to start it like two days ago, so I've really yeah, that's the next that's this weekend's mission in the next few weeks. Hopefully, it might take a while, but that will be done in the fairly near future. So um, yeah, and I'll keep you posted. And yeah. So yeah, but I think I'll have loved, I'm clearly not going anywhere here, so <laughs> I'll keep painting. Yeah, who knows what's next? I love it. I know, yeah. If people so, want to if you want to see these images and find out more about your work and the different projects that you've done in the past, where do they go to find out more? Um www.rachelclegg.com and it's Rachel spelt R E C H A E L and uh and Clegg it's it's funny that you've got um oh, such yeah. a nice sounding name when in fact it's it's Clegg with a double g isn't it I know yeah it is weird because I'm not Manx but my family my grandparents moved to the Isle of Man my uncle uh he and my auntie moved to the Isle of Man my uncle had Manx leathers and uh yeah so although I'm not Manx I've got a Man- name that could be Manx and I've got half my family on the Isle of Man so it's sort of it's um yeah, it's weird that I've also got a name that could be Manx. Yeah, meant so. to be, it seems. Meant to be, it's yeah. meant to be. Yeah, oh. I might swim over. It sounds <laughs> like you're having a good time over there. Sod the boat, I'll just swim. Swim. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it might be a yeah, it might be a good idea that it's uh, warmest time of the year in the sea as well at the minute. Is it? Yeah, oh, right. like. Well, that's- 
October's best. Yeah, September. Next conversation. (laughs) You film me as I like (laughs) approach Douglas. That's the the next project. (laughs) I did it. I made it. Thanks so much to Rachel and to John for joining us this evening. I'll be back next Wednesday, just after six, with more arts news from around the island. Have a lovely creative week. Slen you.